Welcome to Naples Talk Radio. Today I'll be meeting with Annalie Kruger, founder and president of CareRight, Inc. For two decades, Annalie was a social worker before working her way up into a director position at a community-based continuum of care retirement facility. This is where she witnessed families touring the center who had no idea of what questions to ask or what to look for. Many families arrived during a care crisis and they had very short notice to find a place for their loved one to live. She watched confused and scared families who were ill-equipped to make informed decisions when emotions were high and time was tight. As a result, Anna Lee realized the urgent need for guidance. So in 2011, she started her own venture, Care Right Inc. Annalie, welcome to Naples Talk Radio. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? So I'm from a small town called Wellsburg, Iowa. There's about 700 people there. And uh, then I started, uh, I moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin about 10 years ago. And six years ago, started my own company. So your own company is called Care Right. So your own company, you started up north, is that right? I did. So the corporate office is in Brookfield, Wisconsin, which is outside of Milwaukee. So it's a suburb of Milwaukee. I used to be a social worker and long-term care administrator for 25 years. And every day I had families in my office because there was a medical crisis. Like mom fell, she broke her hip. Hospital says, here's a list of nursing homes. Go find one by noon tomorrow because we're discharging. Oh my God, that's a lot of pressure. That's what happens every single day. And so it puts families in an emotional tailspin. They have no idea what to look for, what to ask about. Most families have never had these kind of conversations about what is our family plan if there's a medical crisis, who can pitch in and do what, who can leave work for two weeks at a time, who can leave their family for two weeks at a time. And when I had these families in my office to take the tour, I was literally spending three and four hours at a time with each family talking about family dynamics and do you have long, does your mom have long-term care insurance? I don't know. Our family doesn't talk about these kind of things. What's the plan when mom gets ready to go back home? Who's going to be able to pitch in and help with what? Well, I don't know. I'm already burned out. I can't keep helping her out. My siblings aren't helping me um, as much as I think they could. And so there was just so a lot So you're like of... a, a life savior coming in. <laughs> so there is a lot of family dynamics. Yeah. A lot of families have made the promise of mom, I'll never put you in a nursing home. Or, you know, when dad died, he said, don't ever put your mom in a nursing home. And so there's a lot of guilt. And so... I was spending literally three and four hours at a time with each family doing the tour and just talking through family stuff. And so I decided uh, actually about 23 years into being a social worker and long-term care administrator, I thought, I think I have a business model here to really help families be proactive with having these difficult conversations about, okay, what is our family plan? If mom has a stroke or dad has dementia, if dad dies suddenly, does anyone know who the financial planner is? Who's the CPA? Where's the will? Who's, who's, who are all the team players? And where's the title? Where's the deeds? Because the other thing I know is when there's that medical crisis, families want to spend the time at the hospital with their loved one. The last thing they want to do is worry about their finances. Where's the paperwork? Yeah. Who do I need to call to move money around? Because Medicare isn't going to pay like we thought it was going to. And so I need the financial advisor. And so... So I decided that I was going to start my own company and work one family at a time to, to make it better for everyone instead of being in reaction mode 
it's so much better to be in proactive mode and save yourself time, money, and stress. So how does one go about being proactive? So one goes about being proactive by thinking that, you know, not being in denial. You know, people's cha- people's lives are going to be changing. You know, if there's if there's an aging loved one, you want to be thinking about, okay, how are they doing? What's working well? What's not working well? A lot of these daughters or sons are literally spending 20, 30 hours a week overseeing their loved one's care, leaving work early. They're quitting their jobs so that they have the flexibility to take care of mom or dad. That's a huge financial burden for people. It's a huge financial burden um, because, like I said, I've, I've got almost all of my families are pitching in in one way or another financially, whether it's something like paying the cell phone bill or actually making mortgage payments because their parents don't qualify for Medicaid or, or they're not veterans, so they don't qualify for aid and attendance. So that's one of the things that I do with the families is what's working, what is, what is each of the children's roles, who's doing what in the family, who's doing bill pay, who's doing transportation, who's the one taking off work, and then really putting a plan together with whether it's home care solutions, lifeline solutions, respite care for the family, just really doing a really thorough, comprehensive assessment and seeing what other financial um, situations they may qualify for, programs they may qualify for. So tell me an example of a story that's happened without preserving the names of the innocent. Correct. Of Correct. So uh, so typical families are the people who call me are usually the adult daughter. She's already burned out. She's stressed out. She's been mom or dad's assisted living, if you will, um, going over to make sure they have medication, going over to make sure that they have meals, housekeeping, laundry, picking up that gallon of milk on your way by, Um taking them to their doctor's appointments. Usually families don't have any vacation days left by the time they come to me, and usually their family relationships are strained all across the board. And what I mean by that is the relationships between the siblings is very strained because it usually falls on the shoulders of one person, and that's the local person. And so almost every family caregiver has said, my siblings don't step up to the plate and there's so much that needs to be done and I'm the only one doing this. And so then there's relationship strain with mom and dad too because the adult daughter who may be in the sandwich generation is still trying to take care of her younger children or finding college dorms for her, you know, college age kids. And now she's trying to find an assisted living for her mom and dad. So it's just stressful and it becomes a wedge in those relationships, even with the marriages too, with the, with the family caregiver in their marriage. Um, you know, it, it can be stressful. You know, why are you always going over to your mom and dad's house? Well, because they need support or they need care or they need this or they need that. And so just relationships all across the board get strained. So you really approach this like a social worker. It's a social work. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And then everything else kind of plays into that. But you take a look at the family dynamics first. Right. And then from there, develop a plan, which makes sense. That's right. So by the time I, you know, if the family decides to engage in services after their free 30-minute consult, then um, if they want to do a comprehensive, if they want me to go ahead and pursue the comprehensive assessment of their family and what what services and what gaps that they have that I can make recommendations for, then if they need someone to oversee all of that, then I become kind of like the project manager to make sure that the home care company is doing what they should be doing and working together as a team, um, being the client advocate. So if they do go into a facility, um, and the family can't visit anymore or the family's just not local, then I can be their advocate for their loved one and go with them to their doctor's appointments and help them find the right fit facility if the time comes that we need to be looking at facilities. 
The reason why that's important is because most people want to age in place at home, and that's great as long as you've got the resources and the ability to do that. But the reality is life has its own agenda. And one stroke or one fall can prevent your goal of aging in place at home. So the reality is when there's that medical crisis, you end up going into whatever facility has an open bed. And that may or may not be the right fit for you. So the other part of that planning, the long-term planning, is let's start the new home tour package so that we can tour five facilities that you can qualify for because you have to qualify financially and physically to move into these campuses. And most families don't realize that you need to have three, four, five years of private pay plus a pretty hefty entrance fee to be able to get into these facilities. So it's really not a wise idea to wait until that crisis happens or wait until you need to do that. Well, I think one of the reasons why people might not have an idea is because we live in a totally different society than we did 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, where families never really had to deal with this issue. Because all family dynamics have completely changed. <laughs> now, people mm-hmm. no longer live near their parents. Mm-hmm. They've moved on. They've uh, gotten jobs elsewhere, moved out of state. So we live in a totally different environment. So a lot of this is new, isn't it? That's right. You know, when I first started in long-term care even 20 years ago, families still lived pretty locally with each other. You know, they lived within 15, 20 minutes of each other, and those days are long gone. So many times... I'm working with families that live in in multiple states because they don't they're, they're not going to fly to go meet around the kitchen table like it used to be in the in kind of like the good old days when families were more local with each other and close um, close demographically with each sure. other. And so even a lot of work that I do is with families that you know they may not be able to afford to continually fly back and forth to check on mom and dad to make sure that things are going okay. A lot of my families are literally spending thousands of dollars out of pocket because when they get that crisis call that, oh, mom's back in the hospital for pneumonia, that trying to get an airfare, trying to get a ticket for tomorrow is really expensive. <laughs> you know, airfare is, is not cheap. And in the rental car and in the hotel and in the time away from work and the time away from families. So it so can snowball. They, it snowballs very quickly. Yeah. And so they'll they'll have me come in and just oversee to make sure that things are going smoothly for their loved one. And then every time I see their loved one, then I circle back with a family and always keep them in the loop because that's what they need so that they can just be the daughter again or the son again instead of the care coordinator, the <laughs> all of that. They can just be what they want to be, which is the adult child. So you've identified what the modern problem is, addressed it, and come up with solutions. That's right. So – what do those solutions look like? You said you meet with people out of state. How do you go about doing yeah. that? Yeah. So I use technology as my friend because that keeps the cost low for, for the families too because they're not likely going to just fly home so that they can have this family meeting. And so I maximize and use efficiently their time, their resources, and use technology. So we'll use either Skype or GoToMeeting or Demio. We use a technology platform. And we arrange a time for the family to be able to log in. And then that's when I sit down with a family all remotely or virtually and say, okay, Brother John, what's your role? What are your concerns? You know, and help make sure the kids are all on the same page as much as possible. So then we can put a plan together in place for mom and dad, especially if the parents have some sort of memory impairment and may not be able to contribute fully to these kind of conversations. At least I have the input from the children and can support them along that journey. Well, that I think that's critical, being able to meet with people uh, on 
what are hectic schedules nowadays. Uh, I mean, people are very committed to work, and uh, it seems like to support a family nowadays, you at least have to have two people working in the house. And so that frees up people's time uh, with mom and dad uh, to be able to have money, to Mm -hmm. be able to travel and do all the things that they need to do to support their parents and their families at the same time. Right. And employers, you know, even 20 and 30 years ago, employers were much more family oriented. And I remember when my dad was still working and my grandpa, my, my grandfather got sick and his boss was like, you know, just take the time off that you need. Well, employers aren't like that these days. You know, now you have to use your FMLA and some of these family caregivers have already exhausted their FMLA and they've exhausted their vacation days and they're literally exhausted themselves. And so they really see the value in having someone to be able to turn to and and explore different ideas and solutions to come up with plans so that they can have a better quality of life as well. So speaking of that quality of life, so what, what drives you to do this? Because I've seen so many families that don't plan ahead and just the utter um, disaster that they are trying to clean up. It's it's a mess. You know, when, when you don't have these conversations with your families and your loved ones, and then that medical crisis hits and families are scrambling. They're trying to find paperwork that they need to have for the hospital or, you know, say mom went in to the hospital for a urinary tract infection, but then she got a stroke and now she's incompetent and the kids have no idea where any accounts are. Does she have insurance? What kind of long-term care insurance, if any, does she have? Where is everything? And these kids, I've seen too many, too many families just be overwhelmed and literally distraught when there's a medical crisis because they don't know what they don't know. And they're in uncharted territory as a family, in uncharted territory in the healthcare industry, which is very complex and overwhelming. And so that's what keeps me going every day is if I can get in front of these crises and have these clients or have these families not be in denial and look at things realistically and say, you know what, we need to have a family meeting before things get really bad because I've never, ever had a family come back to me and say, gosh, Annalie, I feel really confident and really great about decisions I had to make when emotions were high and time was limited. So what's the best outcome that you could potentially see for somebody that comes to you, uh, engages you to come up with a plan for a mom or dad? Mm-hmm. So the best outcomes are because, like I said, these the family members, when they call me, their emotions are very um, high. Their relationships are strained all across the board. So one of the things that I work with the families on is helping their to get the family caregiver to Um, realize that it's okay to take care of themselves and it's okay to delegate tasks and that they don't have to do all of this by themselves. And if they don't have a family relationship that warrants working together as a team for team mom and dad, then you have to outsource it, whether it's home care or whether it's me or care right that we can oversee your care. So the outcome is always to improve the quality of life of, of the entire family, get those relationships back on track and improve the health of those family members. So what are a few things somebody can do to prepare for the eventuality that mom or dad, instead of being in total crisis mode, but rather be prepared for the eventuality that somebody's going to need some type of assistance? Exactly. And so the best way to prepare is to not wait until there's that crisis. And so a lot of families will say when when they do the 30-minute consult with me, they'll say, 
this is great. I see exactly the value that you can give our family, but how am I supposed to approach the rest of my family with this? That is, so we just go through that during that 30 minute consult. But some of the some of the tips, I guess I would say, is to because um, a lot of kids want to have these conversations with their aging parents, but the parents are private and they're like, "Well, why do you need to know all this?" Or, "No, if we talk about it, then something terrible is going to happen." <laughs> or on the flip side, the aging parents are like, "Hey, we're getting old. We want to talk about all this kind of stuff with you kids," and the kids are like, "No, no, because then it'll happen, right?" <laughs> and so, because yeah, so, it's re- denial, <laughs> denial, and, reversal. Right, correct. And so when I talk to families, I say, oh, that's great that you see the value in this. And, and if you want to approach your family about this, use what I call leverage. I use leverage is a word I use almost every day. And they say, well, what do you mean by that? And I say, well, leverage, did you just come from a medical, did you just come out of a medical crisis and realize how unprepared you really are? Yes or no, that might be a way to use leverage. Well, mom, we just made it through this hospitalization, but wow, our family was really caught off guard and we don't want to go through that again. Or was there someone in the family that just got a broken hip and caught the family un, 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 unprepared? Um, you know, or just using a doctor's appointment, for example. Well, you know, mom, the doctor said you've lost weight and he had to change your blood pressure medication. I think maybe those are signs that, you know, for, you know, I, I'm worried about you and I'd like you to have some home care to come in and check on things for you. Um, and just using those different kinds of opportunities to have that open up that conversation and broach those difficult conversations that can be unpleasant. The other thing is, you know, <laughs> you know, every day you hear ambulances. And whenever I hear ambulances, I always think, gosh, I hope they had their grab and go binder put together. <laughs> You're not chasing the ambulances. <laughs> no, though, right? I do not ambulance <laughs> chase. I do not ambulance chase. But that's another way that you could use leverage of saying, you know, Mom, all these accidents can happen. And, you know, did they think that they were in that in the morning? Did they think they were going to end up in a car accident? Well, no, no one ever thinks that. And so let's be prepared. Yeah. I mean, even I share my story. You know, I'm 45. And four days after my 40th birthday, I was in small town Sheboygan, Wisconsin, of all places on business. And I've never been there, but it sounds like a small town. It's a small town. I love, <laughs> I love the people there. They're so awesome. They're fun. They're friendly. Um, but I had just come back from Shenzhen in Beijing, China, because I'm an international speaker. And so I had just come back from doing a healthcare conference where I was speaking. And I'm in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, of all places. I just made it through a third world country. And here I am in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, crossing the street as a pedestrian, with a little green light that says the pedestrian can walk and boom, school bus, distracted by the kids on the bus. And she hits me. And so I, my face broke the headlight of the school bus. Oh I had God. all this surgery. I had to have reconstruction surgery and broken ribs. And it, it was just a mess. And, you know, the reality is that you don't have to wait until you're 80 years old to have something really crappy happen to you. <laughs> it can happen any day. And anytime I hear those ambulances, I keep thinking, I hope that they have their their business in order. You know, I am probably weird that way, but because I do what I do, I carry my advanced directives with me, my living will, my power of attorney. And so when I got hit by the bus, thank God I did not lose consciousness but I whipped out my, like, here you go, and here's my allergies, and here's my date of birth, and here's my doctor, because you just never know when when something is going to happen. And so, 
you know, when I meet with families, I have the opportunity to not only help Ethel and Marvin get prepared with with having these conversations, but daughter Sally and brother John, you're in your 40s or 50s. Do your own kids know what your wishes are and where's your grab-and-go binder? And do you have long-term care insurance or disability insurance to protect yourself Because honestly, Mark, if I would have known that I was going to get hit by a school bus and that my life would forever change after that (laughs) and that I wouldn't be able to eat like solid food for eight months, I would have definitely had more than a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for breakfast that day. (laughs) So you have to be prepared. (laughs) Yeah, that's an amazing story. Yeah. So if you had one takeaway from this uh, conversation for our listener, what should a listener take away? Have the family meeting sooner rather than later just for your own peace of mind to preserve those family relationships. And don't be afraid of the meeting. Um, A lot of families try to have this meeting on their own by themselves. And the reason it's not successful and the reason why they get pushback from their families is because they are the family. Walks away from the table. Because they are their family. They they bring too much family emotional junk to the table. And that's why they need to have a neutral third party person. You know, when I meet with families, whether it's virtually or in their own living room, I run it like a business meeting. And when emotions get high, I'm also a family mediator. So I have those mediator skills to help those families navigate through when emotions get high, how we can still keep moving forward and and run the meeting so so there's positive outcomes. Anna Lee, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you coming out. Thank you, Mark. uh, That's a wonderful service to provide to the community. So if somebody wanted to get in contact with you, how would they do that? Yes, so they can they can reach out to me. My name is Annalie Kruger with Care Right Incorporated. My website is www.carerightinc.com. That's C-A-R-E-R-I-G-H-T-I-N-C.com. They can send me an email at Annalie at carerightinc.com. And that is spelled A-N-N-A-L-E-E at carerightinc.com. Or they can simply call me at 239-770-6322. Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for listening to Naples Talk Radio.